Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Acts, as you heard a few moments ago. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, so you didn't come up with all of the names of the original 12 disciples. You can see them all listed here. And here's how many I thought you're going to get right. So you actually did slightly better than what I thought. I thought you were going to get seven. You got eight. You guessed Peter. I mean, we've been mentioning him plenty recently. Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. Again, he's come up a number of times since Holy Week. Thomas shows up after Easter Sunday, was missing that first time Jesus appeared to his disciples, said he wouldn't believe that Jesus was risen from the dead unless he touched his hands and his side. Matthew, also known as Levi, John, they're both gospel writers. James is John's brother. Andrew, who I didn't hear, is Peter's brother. And then there's the lesser-known ones, which you did get some of them. There's James, the son of Alphaeus, sometimes known as James the Lesser. I think somebody said a second John, but there's a second James. Uh, Simon the Zealot. Philip, which you guys did get. Bartholomew, which you also got, sometimes also known as Nathaniel. And then there's Thaddeus, sometimes known as Judas, son of James, not Iscariot. But speaking of Judas Iscariot, we know that after his death, as we heard in the New Testament reading from Acts, that it was right to let another take his office. He needed to be replaced so that there were still 12 disciples or apostles, 11 original and then one additional. And when we think about the 12, why don't we know all of their names? And one of the things that I think is important that we can learn about the disciples that we can take from these original disciples especially, and actually something that we can take not from one of the original disciples, but a disciple of Jesus no less, that being Paul, is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He said, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing to, to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, 
Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It's okay that we don't know all of the names of the disciples because their purpose was about pointing others to Christ. Proclaiming the good news of Jesus who was crucified on the cross for our sins and risen from the dead for our salvation. It wasn't about them. It was about him. Now there's more to say, but first I want you to listen to a song that I think is fitting to this topic of the disciples, to to Matthias who replaces Judas, and to what we just heard from 1 Corinthians. The song is called Nobody. Have a listen. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. All about somebody who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and you changed the world well the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose so when i hear that devil start talking to me saying who do you think you are i say i'm, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus So let me go down, down, down In history As another blood-bought Faithful member of the family Jesus, I'm living for the world to see 
right up until the disciples were called by Jesus to come and follow him, they were nobodies. There was nothing special about them. We would have never heard of them. I mean, maybe they fit a little bit of Paul's description that we heard. Not wise, or powerful, or noble. I mean, some of them had normal jobs, like fishermen. And Matthew was a tax collector who would have not been well-liked by other Jews because tax collectors collected taxes. And they would often take more than they were supposed to collect for the government, and they would pocket the rest. So a Jewish tax collector like Matthew would be stealing from Jews. What makes them worthy of being called by Jesus is nothing. And maybe that's why Jesus called them. Because they were nobodies. And the only reason we hear about them is because of the role that they play in the life of Jesus. And as we've seen and heard about Jesus and the life of Jesus, we know that the disciples in that, they're not perfect. They're sinners. They made plenty of mistakes. And Jesus calls sinners to himself. Sinners who are given a purpose. Today we heard the story of how Matthias was chosen to replace Judas. What's interesting is when you look at the criteria for who it can be. It has to be someone who has basically been there from the beginning, from Jesus' baptism by John through the ascension into heaven. The entirety of Jesus' public ministry. So just like the other 11, a first-hand witness to the life of Jesus. And with those criteria in place, there are two men who are brought forward. Joseph, called Barsabbas, or Justice, and Matthias. What's even more interesting, I think, is how Matthias is chosen. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So they pray, and then they cast lots. And the lot falls on Matthias. Up until that moment, none of us would have ever heard of Matthias. He was a nobody. We would have never known that he had been following Jesus, that he was there the whole time. And he was a nobody in the sense that he wasn't important to the story until Judas is no longer present. Then someone has to come and fill his place. It could have been the other guy. But what mattered is that there was a witness to the many incredible things that Jesus did. The new 12 would be able to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The new 12 would be able to go and talk about sin, how they and we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They talk about how sin leads to death, and not just physical death, but eternal death. Hell. That's what we all deserve. And they talk about Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins 
who suffered hell to give us heaven, who laid down his life voluntarily out of love for us because he knew it was the only way to save us, and who rose from the dead for our salvation, proving that he did conquer sin, death, and the devil once and for all. The disciples pointed people to Christ. Sure, they were sinners, and they still sinned and gave into temptation even after they were called. And they still repented and asked for forgiveness, and God forgave them. If there's anything that connects me to the disciples, it's that I'm a sinner just like them. I'm a sinner just like everyone else. And I'm a sinner that Christ died and rose for. And my purpose in life is to point others to Christ. You see, I'm just a nobody. You're not going to find my name in any history books. And guess what? That's okay. Because it's not about me. If I were gone, someone else would just come and fill my place. And I say this because, as you know, I have a call to another congregation. I have not made a decision yet. Let me be very clear about that. But as I was reading this New Testament from reading from Acts, I couldn't help but place my, myself in Matthias's sandals. He had a 50-50 chance of being the one who was chosen, the one the lots fell on. He didn't know what life had in store for him until Judas's death. He was following Christ for sure, but he may not have known what his role was going to be until now. And then his life changed. Almost 15 years ago, you would have never heard of me until I started dating one of the daughters of this congregation. Then it would be another four years until that actually meant something, when my name would have come up as you were looking for another church worker. And as you deliberated, you prayed. You prayed for God's will to be done. You didn't cast lots, but you did cast votes. But even that was only one-sided, because as you extended the call to me, I then had to make a decision. I had to prayerfully consider the call. I searched God's word to see what his will for my life was. And you know the rest. Since then, my life has changed. And now I'm faced with that kind of decision again, where I have to prayerfully consider a call search the scriptures and see what God's will for my life is. Maybe you're in a similar situation. You are certainly exactly like me, in that you are a sinner who Christ died and rose for. Maybe you don't know what direction your life is going. Maybe you don't know what God has in store for you the rest of your life. Maybe there's some uncertainty surrounding your life. What we can take from the story of Matthias very clearly is that everything we do 
prayer should always be involved. Maybe lots aren't cast today, but God's word does not give a promise that he will operate through those same means today. So maybe people do cast lots. But we can't put all of our trust in something like that. What God has given us is that he has given us his word, where we can see what his good and gracious will is for our lives. And as long as we are doing his good and gracious will, sometimes the decisions we make don't matter as much. Because wherever we go and whatever we do, God's going to be with us. The Holy Spirit is going to be working in us and through us. But sometimes we make the wrong decisions. Sometimes we make the sinful decisions because we're sinners. Sometimes we make the selfish decisions because we're selfish. Sometimes we make the decisions that go against God's will. Does that mean that when we do that, God leaves us or forsakes us? Not at all. But God continues to work in our lives to lead us back to the right path, to lead us back to him. This week I ran into a friend and was talking with them, catching up, and we ended up talking about how people's callings can sometimes change. How some people who are pastors have chosen to leave that life behind and they enter into the business world. Or how sometimes there are people who are in the business world who leave that behind and enter into the ministry and become a pastor. Now I believe that this is where I'm called to be. To be a pastor, to be in ministry. This is my purpose. Maybe it is here for another 20 years. Maybe it's elsewhere. But this role is where I'm supposed to be. And ultimately, it's not about me. It's about Christ and pointing others to Christ. I'm nothing special. I'm a nobody. I could leave and be replaced by someone who is doing the exact same thing, pointing others to Christ. And wherever I go, I would continue to point others to Christ. And that's exactly what every church should be looking for in a pastor, someone who points them not to themselves, but someone who points them to Christ. Someone who does not boast in themselves, but someone who boasts in the Lord. Preaching Christ crucified. I don't know what the future holds for me, for you, for anyone. But I do know who holds the future. And what's your purpose? I don't know. But I pray that God would help you see it very clearly. I do know that he will be with each and every one of us in whatever journey we are on to lead us in the path that he would have us go, to lead us back to him in repentance when we take our own sinful way and ultimately to lead us to our heavenly home that he has prepared for us because he wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. The truth of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection for all people. And this truth is shared with all the world.
and he uses and chooses people like me, people like you, and people like Matthias. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.